Okay, today's daf is Shavuot, daf Chaf, uh, page 20, and we're going to start, um, four, five, six, seven, seven lines down, there's two dots. Um, yesterday we began a discussion about oaths, okay, the topic of our Masechta. Finally, we get to it in the third chapter. Um, <clears throat> oaths of utterance. So the Gemara continues that discussion here with a Brita. Tafresh, Tanurabon, and we learned in a Brita. Mifta. The word you see, you know, the word mifta literally means utterance, a speech. Okay, so what what the bright is saying? If what if I introduce my oath instead of with the word oath, I take an oath, but I use the word mifta, right? I make an utterance. You say mifta that I'm not going to eat. Okay, shvua says the bright has the same status as a shvua, right? Which means that if I transgress it in, in, in intentionally, right, there's mako, there's lashes, and if I do it unintentionally, so there's a carbon, right, I have to bring the variable sin offering. Isser, the word isser means prohibition, right? If I introduce my shvua, my um, oath, with um, the word isser, I say an isser that I'm not going to eat today, right? Shvua also has the status of a shvua, the same thing. But then the Brighton goes on to say something a little bit strange isser, isser. <laughs> Which Rashi understands the Brite is really asking the question, what is the prohib- prohibitionary status of saying the word Isser? And he goes on and the Brite goes on to say, Imata Omer Isser Shua. If you're gonna say that saying the word Isser has the status of Shua, Chayev, then I'm going to be liable if I transgress it. Vimlav, if it doesn't have the status <coughs> of a Shua, Pater, I'm gonna be exempt. So that's the Brite. The Gemara right away jumps on this brighter and it says, wait a second, Imata Omer Isser Shua? The brighter has a question, maybe Isser has the status of a Shua, Amrit, you said the line before Isser Shua, who? That the word Isser does have the status of Shua, right? It's very strange. First the brighter said, if you say the word Isser, it's as though you said the word Shua. Then, right, afterwards, um, the brighter goes ahead and says, well, What's the status of an Isser? Is it Shavuah or not? That doesn't make any sense. We just said it was. So we're going to have two explanations of this Brayta, Abaya and then Rava. So first Abaya, Amar Abaya. Hachi Amar. This is what the Brayta was saying. Mifta, if you say the language again, Mifta, Shavuah, that's the status of saying Shavuah. Same status of saying Oath. Isser, if you say the word Isser, though, no. It's Mitfis B'Shavuah. Okay, Mitfis what do we mean toughest to grab hold of? So we're going to translate it here as attach. You're attaching yourself to a shua. What does that mean? So Rashi says, by saying the word iser, it's as though you did two things. It's as though first I said, okay, I'm making a shua that I'm not going to eat this loaf of bread. And then you made another shua that this second loaf of bread is like the first loaf of bread. In other words, you're basically attaching yourself to a previous shua. That is the concept of mitfish shvua. <clears throat> and he says, saying the word iser gives whatever, is the same as doing right, as doing, of attaching yourself to an oath, to a previous oath. So then, now we can understand the, the, right, the continuation of the Vraita. The next line says, iser, iser. What is the status now of saying iser? Meaning, im ata omer, if you will say, mitfis bishvua that attaching yourself to a shvua, kamotzi shvua mipiv dummy, is the equivalent of actually stating a shvua, then if I violate it, chayev, I'm going to be liable. Vimlav, but if it's not, pator, I'm going to be exempt. In other words, the bride <coughs> itself has a question now, by a mitvah shvua, forget about the word iser, but generally by mitvah shvua, in that case where I said, shvua, I'm not going to eat this loaf of bread, and I say shvua, that this bread is like that bread, right? What is the status now? of that loaf of bread. Now, it's certainly forbidden for me to eat it. I made a shvua, <clears throat> and therefore I can't eat it. The question is, if I actually violate the shvua and I eat it, is there a punishment? If I do it bemazed, right, do I have to get malkit? If I do it bishogeg, do I bring a karba? That's the question. Does it, does, it, does it rate like a regular shvua that has the punishments, or is it just a prohibition? And so that... So that now is the question of right there. We said that saying the word Isser is equivalent to being matfis, bishvua, attaching yourself like to a another shvua. <clears throat> I mean, not really a star. It's just like, I, like I, okay. I don't know. You're like, instead of <clears throat> reiterating a full oath, you're like making your, make it easier for yourself. They're saying, okay, there already is an oath out there. I'm going to say this is like that, and 
I'm attaching myself to it. So does that have the full power of Rishvua that it that it that it that it um, has the ramifications of the pun- the punishments if I violate it? It certainly is going to be forbidden. So that that's what the bright that's how Abaya understands this bright though. As being un- unsure if it's really the equivalent of a full fledged shvur. Okay, and continuing on, now we have to now explain. He 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 started off by saying there's a difference between the words mifta and utterance and the word iser prohibition. The mifta creates a shvur, iser creates a mitvah shvur, right? An attachment to a shvur. So he wants so the Gemara now is going to search for why there is a difference. <clears throat> so it says umamai the mifta shvur. First of all, from where do we know? that the word mifta utterance creates a shvua. So he says, because the Pasuk says at the end of Parshat Vayikra, right, that's the Parshat we've been doing with, that deals with, talks about the variable sin offering. It says, O nefesh ki tishava levate bisafatayim, or soul, when it will swear to, and, to, un, to utter its, and to make an utterance in its, with its lips, with one's lips, right? So we see levate is, is associated with the word tishava, to make a shua, so that's why we know it means a shua. So ask the Gemara, if that's the case, well, iser nami, the word prohibition also, you could say this it just means a regular shua, <clears throat> because there, if you look at the beginning of Parshat Mato, Parshat Mato deals with the laws of Nadarim, of vows and also shvuot and oaths a little bit, and it says kol neder any vow, v'kol shvuah shvuat iser or any oath of prohibition. So again, the word iser is a, is associated with the word shvuah. So if you're going to say based on the first pasuk that mifta means shvuah because it's written together with shvuah, then you have to say then iser also means shvuah. And we and Abai was explaining no that iser means matvish shvuah. So because of that, Ella rather. We're going to take a different um, approach to this. Mamai di iser mitvis b'shuah. Okay. You know what? That original verse that we see that mifta, right, is associated with shuah, we'll, we'll keep that as a source for mifta. But how do we know that iser means more than that, or it means something different? It means attaching yourself to a shuah, right? Who it is. Dichtiv, for the Pasuk also in Parsha Matot says, O Asra, this is talking about a woman, she prohibited. Iser a prohibition al nafsha on her soul b'shvua. Now the word shvua there is written with this um, prefix b, right? There's a connection to the shvua and something before. So in other words, we understand that iser the word iser is a connection to a shvua from b'shvua. So it's an attachment. So that's very good. But the Gemara says, well, if you're going to say that miftanami, then you could use the same. Idea by the word mifta, because hakativ again going back to parshat vayikra, it says there will call asher yivate haadam anything that a person will utter bishvua. Again, the prefix bait before the shua, which seems to indicate that a mifta in utterance is also attaching yourself to a shua. <clears throat> so wh- whichever way we go, right. We find the same language by both Mifta and Isser. So why did Abaye say that the Brita was differentiating between the two? So the Gemara <coughs> says, okay, fine. Ella rather, Amr Abaye. Abaye says like this. Mifta Shvua, that Mifta means just a Shvua, is Mehacha, is where. In other words, so at this point, he's keeping his source for Isser because of the word, it says Isser, and this is Bishvua. Which seems that Isra is an attachment to a Shvua. But Mifta now is going to have a different source. And Mifta means Shvua itself. Because the Pasuk, now going back to Parsha Mato, says again by a woman, if she will be to a man, that means she'll be married to a man, excuse me, and there will be vows upon her. She'll have made vows previously. O Mifta Sevataha. Or in the utterance of her whips, Asher Asra al-Nafshah, mm. that she created a prohibition on her soul. So in that verse, first it says she made a nether, a vow, and then it says, or she made an utterance of her lips. It doesn't say anything in that second phrase about a shvua at all. It doesn't say the word oath. So he asked, so, but it said that she created a prohibition on herself. So how did she do that? 
But mifta must be through the word mifta. So we see from that pasuk that mifta actually works independent, right? Of anything else, it all it works right by itself. That it itself must have the same um, status of shvua. And even though we had right another pasuk that says bishvua. Right, which which seemed to say that mifter is really only an attachment to a shvua, not an independent shvua itself. <clears throat> right, what I think Abai is saying is the implication from this second pasuk is a much more compelling implication than the other one, and therefore the other one you said bishvua that was more of the way the pasuk speaks, the diktuk, whatever. The that's just the correct um, way of of writing the word, rather than implying a halacha, implying an. Imp- a um, definition of the word mifta. So bottom line is that we know that mifta means an independent shvua. So if I just say mifta, I'm not going to eat. That's like saying I'm, I make an oath that I'm not going to eat. So you'd have to say <coughs> bui neder. <coughs> yeah, that's right, bui mifta, not bui right. neder. Exactly. Um, exactly. And um, yeah, I don't know. Nobody speaks like this. No, 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 no. <laughs> but if you use the word iser. So then that means I'm atta- it's like as though I did said two things. I said I'm making a shvua not to eat this loaf of bread, and then I make another shvua that, that this loaf of bread is like that loaf of bread. I'm attaching myself to a previous shvua. And by that case, again, Abayi says the Brayta had a shaila, had a question as to what its status is. It certainly works to, to create a prohibition on the second loaf of bread, but does it also trigger uh, uh, right, the punishments if I violate it. There's going to be malkud lashes if I do it intentionally or the carbon if I do it unintentionally. Okay, this was a biased way of understanding the Brayta. Rava Amar, Rava though disagrees. He says, we olam, really I'll tell you, emolacha, right, I would say, mitfas bishua lavka mosi mipivdami. There's no question when you do hot fossil, when you attach yourself to a previous shvua without speaking it out itself, <clears throat> it's not the equivalent of making a shvua. Meaning that it creates prohibition, but there's no punishment. And that can't be what the bright is discussing. But rather, this is what the bright meant. Mifta, when I say the language utterance, shvua, that is a shvua. Isranami, shvua. And the word isr also is the same thing. So they're arguing about when I say the word is a prohibition, and they say I'm not going to eat. What what's the status? But Rav Akwiri says that it's the equivalent of making an independent oath. Then the next part of the Brayta, which like sort of had the question Asre de Isser, it's asking the, the, that the prohibition of the Isser, it's basically saying it could be different statuses depending on the context. What does that mean? Hatigu hakata beneder the Torah placed the word iser between the words neder, a vow, and the shvua, an oath. <clears throat> the Gemara in a few moments will show us that pasuk. But now before we understand the next line, we should understand what's the difference between a neder and a shvua. So generally speaking, when a, a neder means, we, we translate it as a vow, but it's basically when I say, I point to a loaf of bread and I say that loaf of bread is forbidden to make. Basically, I am creating a prohibition on an object, right? In Talmudic parlance, it's a, called an iser chefsa, right? And a prohibition on an object, something, an item. And it's not on me. I say that loaf is, is forbidden. <clears throat> okay? The shvua, an oath, is when I put the prohibition on me. I make a shvua that I'm not going to eat. Right? It's the, right that's in, in Talmudic parlance, that's called an iser gavra. A, a prohibition on the person. It's a versus a God. So do I, if I put it on the object or I put it on the person? I know, like, you could say that this is semantics because in both cases, I can't eat the loaf of bread, no matter what I say. But nevertheless, the Torah did make this distinction. And there is a distinction in the punishment. Actually, if I, if I violate either a neder or a shvua, Bemaze it intentionally, I get malko, right? There's lashes for that. But if I violate it inadvertently, bishogeg, so then there's a difference. By shvua, as we've been speaking about quite a bit, there's the korban olaviyah, right? right? There's the variable sin offering. By, by neder, if I, if I violate it inadvertently, there's no punishment whatsoever. There's no korban. So there is a difference between neder and shvua. And shvua is, is considered the more serious of the, <clears throat> of the two, you know? 
I, 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 I'll never forget, like, I, I, when I was learning in yeshiva, so when I was in the hallway, and my Rosh Yeshiva passed by, he, he asked me, he says, come into my office. I go into the office, and in the office, he's in the office, there's another Rebbe in the, in the yeshiva, there's me, and then there's some guy, a young guy from the community that I knew a little bit, but I didn't really know him very well. And he came in, and... Um, you know, my Marisha, she was, okay, he said to this guy, he says, we have a bait there now. I was one of the members of this bait then, of the, of the court. And the, um, he, and he says, now tell your story. So he, he said he got angry at his wife. And, you know, and he, he, and he was so angry, he left the house. And he, and, he, and he yelled out as he was slamming the door shut. He says, I swear to God, right, I'm never going to set foot in this house again. And he left and then after about 48 hours, right, he cooled off, and he realized that, you know, he really does love his wife, and he really does want to be married, and he wants to go into the house, but he, may, he said, I swear to God, I'm not going to... So now he's coming before, right, his, his Rosh Hashiva to ask him, like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So he, we formed, like, this baitin, and, like, you know, and we, we said, Mutterlach, 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 we released him from this oath, <clears throat> but then... And it was, this was so uncomfortable for me to sit there, but my Rosh Hashiva then like, spent the next five minutes of uh, uh, t- telling him about how he has to be careful what he says and that, that, that a shvua, that an oath, is so much more right, um, strict and severe than just a nether even. If it, and we, we stay away from even making the dharam, from making vows because we're worried. But certainly a shvua, that's a much more um, serious thing. So, <laughs> I apologize again. No, go ahead. But, um, two questions. The first is, is there a formula for making a shvua? Are there key words that so, I have to so, use? So that's what we're discussing. The word shvua, swear in English, right? Or the, 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 these are strange expressions, but the word mifta, which means utterance. No, no, but or, do I have to say, I'm making a shvua not to do something, uh, not to eat that little bread? Or if yeah. I just say, I don't wanna, I'm not going to eat that little bread. Is that already enough? I'm yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it has to be with a language of a shvua. It just you saying you're not going to do it is not right. So there's right. got to be some sort right. of tying it to <clears throat> yeah. right, right. In order for it, you to to wind up transgressing, you know, the more serious um, sins, you have to mention God's name. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But so, even if you just say shvua, I think it still has some kind of level of a shvua. It's just not as it's not going to be as bad then. Okay. Yeah. So and and then the question becomes if if that man, for example, that uses, I swear I'm never going to come in. This I. He actually you know, said, I swear to God, even. No, I think but if he doesn't it, say, I swear to yeah. God. I, see, right. I, swear, I swear, so it wouldn't... I'll never go right. In. It would still be a shul, but it wouldn't have this, 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 this I, severity of taking then, God's name in vain, the right. third commandment. Yeah. Right. And, and you can see in various levels. Right? I, 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 I'm, I tell you I'm never going to get into this. How, I never use the word swear. Uh, yeah. I promise you I'm never going to walk <laughs> this out, right? No, I mean... Yeah. You know, so promise already is more of a language of a nether, actually. That becomes a nether, yeah. So that was my other question. I've never been able... To really, I mean, I understand in principle that there's a shvua and a nedo. You know, isu gafa, gava isu. Yeah, gafsa, yeah. And if you say to me, I, I'm making a nedo, I will never watch television. Yeah. That, to me, sounds like a nedo. Because right. I will never watch so, television. But I will never watch TV, I will never watch a show on that TV that sounds like a shvua. But if I say, yeah. I will never watch television. <laughs> right, right. Or... <clears throat> I'll never so, watch it. So you're asking a really good question. So, like, I, the truth is, like, it's been a long time since I've learned the Dharam, so I don't have it clear. But I'm pretty sure that there is a concept. I don't know if it's the Gemara. It's, I think it's the Ron over there. There's, the Ron is the major commentary on the Dharam. And he, uh, he talks about a neder b'lashon shvua. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that if you, if you in other words, you, you, say, you don't use the language of shvua. So you're, like, you don't say swear. So you really, it's just a, it's a nether, but you, you're prohibiting an action. You're, it's an isrgavra on the person. So I think he says that it does have the status of a nether. In other words, even though the classic nether is prohibiting an object, not prohibiting yourself from an action, the bottom line is, even when you prohibit yourself from an action, if you don't use the language of shua, it then takes on the status of a nether, mm-hmm. which is less severe. I'm, I'm pretty sure that is the bottom line, what the halacha is. Yeah. So... So yeah, that's why it's kind of confusing. Because, because the example, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry the yeah. example that you yeah. used, right? Yeah, I will never <clears throat> eat that loaf of bread. Yeah. Seems very <clears throat> difficult for me to see which. Where's the isur? Is it on me or is it on the loaf of bread? Yeah, I, in, in Hebrew, I just I'm sorry, I'm, yes. uh, you're saying kikerzu, right? This loaf of bread, 
Allah is forbidden to me. So yeah. like this, right? As opposed to Shvua Shalo Ocho Kikar. Yeah, that's yeah, the uh, in Hebrew. I can, I can. In Hebrew, it's like, easier to say it than English because you got, there's a switch of where the emphasis well, no, is. Can, no, yeah. this loaf of bread is forbidden to me. Right. Versus, I will not, not eat, eat right, this bread. loaf of bread. Yeah, there you go. Confusing. There you go. You will never come. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, in your example, if it was an editor, it would have been that house is forbidden to me. That's right. That's and then right. wouldn't have been. Oh, in the case with this right. boy, yeah. He clearly made a sure, though, because he said the language of sure. I will never. Yeah. Well, what you said, he like, said swear. <laughs> but even if you went by right, even if, object, right. Being, he was saying, I will not enter. He was talking about the action. Yeah. That's right. But yeah. it seemed the semantics was, so for instance, you <clears> will never set foot again in my house. Yeah. Versus, I will never let you step foot again. <laughs> that would seem to be, one would be a nether, one would be a shvur, right. because one is, I will never let you. I right. will never right. That's on let me. you. I will not let yeah, you. You is the object in right. the so other you case. You will never step foot in my. Is yeah. it there? Yeah. Whereas I will never let you yes. step foot in my house would be a shvur. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's how. Yeah, I would, that's uh, what it seems. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you don't say any of the lashonot of shvur, meaning swear or these words that we're talking about now, it really does then default to being a nether. That's that's so there's the truth. two conditions. Right? Yeah, it's, it's what you say yeah. and right. the. Like this is what I'm saying. Like the, is the classic, is the classic. We want a nether versus a shvur is subject versus object. But at the end of the day, you have to make it a shvur. You also have to say the language of shvur. Yeah. But a- anyway, so <clears throat> going back to the Rav's explanation of this brayta. So he said the word iser could either be the Torah placed it between a nether and a shvur. It could either be a nether or shvur. What what does that mean? Keep reading now. So he says, nedar, nedar, nedar. If you use it with the language of a nedar, then it's another meaning. I say, iser kiker zuangai, right? This kiker is prohibited to me. This loaf of bread, or bolashon shvua. But if I use the word iser with the language of an oath, right? Shvua. Then it has the status of shvua, which I say, iser shalo ocho. That I, right, that I won't eat. I make it a gavra. And, and the difference would be if I inadvertently violate the prohibition, do I bring a korban? Right? By shvu, I would. By, uh, by what's it called? By nether, I would not. So now the Gemari asks, well, Rav said that the Torah placed the word Isra between nether and shvu. Heichin heitiwa. Where did the Torah place this? So it's again a pasuk in Parshat Mato. V'im beit isha nadra. Again, talking about a woman. That if she made the nedar, she made the vow in her husband's house, oh asra isra al nafsha bishvua, or she prohibited a prohibition on her soul with a oath, vagomer, etc. So we see it says the word nedar, then it says the word isra, and then it says the word shvua. To tell you that the word isr can either be a nedar or a shvua. Okay. Bottom line is we had two different approaches to learning the Braita. Right, Abayi's approach was that the that the Brayta was had a question. What the what does the word Isser do? Is it right? It, not a question. What it does? That Isser has a status of matfis v'shua of attachment to a shvua, and the Brayta then had a question if that has the same status as a shvua or not regarding punishment. Rava understood that when it said Isser, it's actually telling you that it's either a net or a shvur, depending on how you use that, depending on how you spoke. Okay? The Gemara goes on to say, <clears throat> They are now, Abai and Rava are going according to the reasoning as stated elsewhere. Where do they um, say elsewhere? The Itmar was stated. What is the status of attachment to shvur? When I had already prohibited uh, something, through a shvua, now I say I'm prohibiting something else like that. What's the status? Abaye Omer Kamotzi Shvua Mipivdami. Abaye says that it has the same status as a shvua. In other words, Abaye explained that the bright that had a question about it by Abaye himself is ruling that it does have the status of a shvua. For Rav Amr, Rav says no, like he just said in his explanation of the bright, it is not compared to actually saying an independent shvua, meaning there will not be punishment for violating it. So the Gemara is going to question Rav's um, um, opinion based on a bright. The Gemara introduces a bright by saying, what is the iser that the Torah speaks about? The Torah uses this word prohibition. What is it? 
So he gives the example. Ha-omer, if one says, Harei alai shalo ocho basar v'shalo eshta yayin. He makes, um, <coughs> it sounds like it's really a nether. This is a nether. It's upon me, right, the not to eat, right, um, meat or drink wine. Kiyom, just like the day, shemait bo aviv, that his father died, right, the yard site of his father. Or, kiyom shemait bo pony, just like the day that so-and-so died. Or, kiyom shenerag bo gedalia ben achikam. Or the day that Gedalia was murdered. We know the story of Gedalia from the end of Yermiyahu, right? That after the Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first Beit HaMikdash, there remained this, this small Jewish settlement in Israel, and Nebuchadnezzar appointed Gedalia, a Jew, to be the governor. governor. And, um, but eventually we know that he was, he was murdered by another Jew, Yishmael ben Metanya. Uh, there were jealousies, whatever. When the Vuchan, and, and, and beside from being a, the tragedy of Gedalia being killed, it led to a greater tragedy. Nebuchadnezzar was fed up with the Jewish people at that point, and he said, whatever's left right, is going into Galat, Babel, right? He brought the, the rest of the Jewish community to, um, to Babel, to Babylonia, and that was the end of Jewish settlement in Israel at that point. And, of course, it's a public fast day, Gedalia, right? Some Gedalia was the day after um, Rosh Hashanah. So he says that, again, I'm not going to eat meat or drink wine like that. Day. Or Kiyom Shirah Yerushalayim Bercharbana, or like the day that I saw Yerushalayim in its destruction, the first time I saw after the Beit HaMikdash had, had been destroyed. So there's four different examples. So if I say that, right, about this day, it's like one of those days, Asur, it actually is prohibited. In other words, Isser is, right, the word Isser in the Torah is attaching yourself to something else, but just to make it queerer, the Amr Shmuel, Shmuel explains, He says it's a case where, I actually, where a person had actually made the ne- a neder previously, right, about the, one of those days, right, the day that you're attaching yourself to, and saying from that day on, every time that day comes on the calendar, that date comes on the calendar, right, it is prohibited for me to eat meat or drink wine. So a person had made a nether previously that he's not going to eat meat or drink wine right, on the yard side of his father or on the day that saw a friend of his had died or the day that Gedalia was killed or the day that he saw Yerushalayim in its state of uh, destruction. And now he makes another nether that, like this day is like that day, right? it creates a, 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 new, a new nether. It's an attachment. So we see that the word Isser is attaching itself to a previous nether. So the Gemara now speaks out the question from this Brayta. This is all good according to Abaye. Because we see from this nether, we see that it's giving an example of attachment to a nether. And it's saying it is a valid nether. So you would then, it would follow the same when you attach yourself to a sh- previous thing you made forbidden through a shvua, it would also have as a shvua, which is by his opinion, as we turn the page. Elulorava, but according to Rava, Kasha, it's a difficulty because he said when you're makfis by a shvua, you attach yourself to a shvua, it's not valid. So you might think that the Gemara would just make a distinction between nether and shvua. It does not. The Gemara gives a different answer. Amr Rava. Rava would answer you like this. Taretz Answer via mahachi. Say like this. You see, originally we understood that the bright was asking what the word iser in the Torah. What does that mean? And it's coming to, to define it as hatfasa, as an attachment. He says that's not what it means. Ezehu iser neder ha'amar What is the prohibition created by a neder in the Torah? It's not asking from the word iser in quotes. It's asking, right? Right about just using the word iser as just prohibition. What's the prohibition that a neder of a neder? In other words, how do you create a prohibition through a neder? That's what it's really asking. <clears throat> so this is the example. Haomer, if a person says hare alai, right, it's upon me. Shalo ocho basar v'shalo yayin. They will not eat meat nor drink wine. Kiyom shemait like, I, like on the day that his father died, or the day that so-and-so was killed. It's very interesting that when in the original Brayta, this example was the day that so-and-so died. And here in Rava's explanation, when he repeats the Brayta, it says, on the day that so-and-so was killed. It's a slight change. I, I, I don't know what to make of it, <laughs> but it's just a slight change. But anyway, so he says... Um, 
right? That is, that's how you create a nether. The Amr Shmuel and Shmuel explains, it's, um, it's, as, it's, as long, it's talking about where I had previously made a nether not to eat meat or drink wine on that day, that I'm now, and now I'm making a nether not to eat meat or drink wine on another day like this day. I'm attaching, it my, attaching my nether to this previous nether I made. Now, Rashi makes an astounding comment. He says, you know, so what, what, what is really the Breiter saying? The Breiter was asking, how do I make a nether? And it's saying, giving the answer of hatfasa, through attachment. And what Rashi seems to be saying is, you know, the only way to make a nether is to attach it to something I previously made a nether on. In other words, if I, according to the simple reading of Rashi, it would say, it would come out, if I just say that loaf of bread is forbidden to me, that would not be a, a, that would not be a binding nether. It's only if that loaf of bread is forbidden to be like that other loaf of bread, which I previously forbade to make. Then where's the first yeah. nether? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was wondering about also. But, and, this, right, so, but I did see the Ramban. The Ramban says that, he says, Rashi can't mean this. It can't be that, he, he doesn't even ask that question. He just says, it can't be when I just say, right, this loaf of bread is forbidden to me, it, 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 that it doesn't, it's not binding. All of Mesach and Nadarim gives examples like that. Like, so he says, it can't be. Rashi cannot mean that. What Rashi means is as follows. He says that when you use an attachment, the only time an attachment works is if you attach it to something I previously made a nether on. In other words, let's say if I say, oh, I can't eat today, or eating food t- to me is forbidden, right, like Yom Kippur. That doesn't work. Because there I'm attaching myself to a prohibition that I didn't create. I'm, I'm attaching myself to a prohibition that was created by Hashem. That doesn't work. I have to, if I'm going to use attachment, I have to attach it to something I already previously had forbade through a nether. That's what, it, that's what the Brighton means. But I don't see why that's a chiddush, though. That, to me, is a lacha <laughs> No, but I might think if it's like Yom Kippur, you know. But, but you'd have to assume that you're, you made, you at least had to start a priori with a nether. If, you, if, if it's like the other thing, if it wasn't a nether, why, how, would you, how could you create a nether? No, but there is a prohibition. You, you, can make no, no, a nether. Yeah. you can make a nether. If you, whenever you want to make, what I think, what I just learned, what I just... Uh, yeah understood from what you said, that if I want to make a neder or a shua by attachment, yeah. it's got to be an attachment to something that I also did. Yeah. If I make it by attachment. I can make it without right. attachment. But if sure. I do, so yeah, I yeah. cannot make, so this, the implication is I cannot make a neder that's attached to your neder. That's right. I, your I'm not going to eat a or, bread like raw. Or an objective it, prohibition. Like, you know, I can't say this piece of meat is forbidden to me like pork. That doesn't work. Or this, or this piece of meat, just, uh, this bread I won't eat, like Ron said. I might have thought that works because yeah, yeah. Okay. the park is forbidden to me, right? You know, but it, it's got to be. And he, he quotes a Pasuk. The Gemara says, my time. But what's the reason that he says this? Amar Crawford, the Pasuk says, again, back to Parshat Mato, Ish ki yidur neder l'ashem. And when a man, right, so the word yidur is a verb, and neder then is a noun. So it's a double expression. So we, we learn from there, ad shi yidur v'davar hanadar. It's got to be that, right, if I attach, it's got to be something that already so was. So you could have said, uh, we're talking about wine and stuff, you could have said, I'm going to be a nether, the nether, just like Shimshon. Yeah. That wouldn't count, because that's a clear nether, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not your nether. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yeah, it happens to be that you could say, Hareya lai nuzer shimshon. There's some. There's a category well, of nuzer. Well, maybe a separate. Yeah, category. I may yeah, yeah. A bad example. But yeah, but it can't be like a like like if like Shimshon did. That wouldn't work. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now the Gemara asks. One of the examples was kiyom shemait bo aviv, right? Like the day that right his father died, like his yard site. So the Gemara asks pshita. Is that obvious? So. Now, Rashi explains the question is not really pshita. <laughs> it's not really, there's nothing obvious about this. But what the question was, like, if the whole point is that I have to attach to something that I already previously made a nether on, like, why is it important that it was my father's, er, that the, his, his father's erotite? Why is it important? Just say, like, the day I previously, right, forbade through a nether. What, what is it bringing in Yom Shemait Bo of it? So the Gemara answers, you know what, Kiyom Shenerik Ben Bo Gedalia Ben Achicham It's really that case was only brought, 
right, agav, because it was already, it wanted to discuss another case where there was a novelty too. What's a novelty? When he says, like the day that Gedalia was killed, which is a public fast day. But Salka Daita Chamina would have entered my mind to say, Kaven the king even if I would not have made a nether not to drink, drink wine or eat meat on some Gedalia on the day Gedalia was killed, Asr would still be forbidden because it's a, it's a public fast day. So ki nadr nami, even if I do make the nether, lo havi aleha iser. It wouldn't create a further prohibition through the nether. It's already for, prohibited to me by, because it's a fast day. Vahayla mitfis benedru. And therefore, in our case, it wouldn't be considered attaching to a nether. In other words, even if a person had made a nether not to eat meat on some gedalia, right, that wouldn't be a valid nether because I can't eat meat anyway. I'm, I'm supposed to fast. And therefore, if I attach myself to that nether, it wouldn't be a valid attachment. And therefore, Kamash Milan comes along the Brita to teach you that no, the nether actually is valid, which means if I would eat meat on some gedalia, besides breaking the fast of some gedalia, I would also be breaking my nether. It would be a double prohibition. Right. Which so would say nether would actually word. be more, uh, would be the worst prohibition because that's the Deoraita. The some right. gedalia is only... So like, it's saying that the, because it's a public fast day, it doesn't cancel. It doesn't change the it status doesn't. of the nether. That that's right. The nether is still valid. Yeah. Right. That's right. And once we mention that, we mention these other examples as well. I, I'll, I'll just say about you know Yom Shemayt Ba'ava, the Yerut said to the father. The Ramah actually quotes in, in Shulchan Aruch that that there is a minhag to fast on the Yerut said of one's parents. It, it, I think this minhag has gone out, and certainly the, by the Hasidim they don't do this. They make a party, right? They mm-hmm. they say brachot, they eat food, right? Brachot for a wheel and schnapps. Yeah, schnapps and kichol, you know. Yeah, it's, um, you know, but um, the Vilna Gon says that the, he, he thinks that the Ramah got that from this Gemara, from the, right? Because we see that it was, it was, it was, there was a custom, like people, he used this example for a reason. There was a custom to people make a nether, not to eat meat or drink wine, or maybe to fast altogether on the earth side of their parents, you know? So, anyway, let's continue on. Now, the Af Reb Yochanan suffered along the Honda Rubber. You should know that Reb Yochanan also held like Rava. Um, what does that mean? The Ki'ata Rabin, when Rabin came. Now, when it says that he came, that means that Rabin was from Eretz Israel. We know there were two communities of Rabbanim during the time of the Amorayim, the time of the Gemara, Eretz Israel and Babel. Rabin was in Eretz Israel, and he came, he traveled to Babel. And Abai and Rava were in Babel. Rabbi Yochanan was in Eretz Israel. So when Rabin came, the Gemara quotes Rabin all the time, is quoting Rabbi Yochanan. Because he brought all of Rabbi Yochanan's statements. Rabbi Yochanan was the Gadol Hador in, 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 in Eretz Israel. He brought all the statements with him to Babel. Right? So he said, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, <coughs> Mifta, if a person says utterance, lo ocholach, that I won't eat, or iser, lo ocholach, or I say it's a prohibition that I won't eat, shvuah, it has the status of shvuah. That's exactly the way Rav explained the Brita, as opposed to Abaye, who said that the word iser is attachment. Okay. Kiyata Ravdimi. Ravdimi also traveled a lot from from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, and he also brought the statements of Rabbi Yochanan. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan came said the following: If a person makes a shvuah that they're going either that they're going to eat or they're not going to eat a shvuah for the future, and then they wind up transgressing that sheker. That is what we call a shvuah sheker, a false oath. Be azharte, and it's scriptural warning. When the where does it tell you in the Torah not to make such a shvua? Mahacha from here. It's a pasuk at the beginning of Parsha Kedoshim. Lo tishavu bishmi Don't swear in my name falsely. Now Rashi tells us this is not just an academic statement of Rabbi Yochanan, like oh you should just know the scriptural warning. There's a practical ramification because if a person transgresses um, deliberately, they get malchut. We know before Beitim would ever give corporal punishment, right, you need hatra, right, hatra, right, you need that the witnesses, that's all, would, would have to give the person, the transgressor, warning immediately before he transgresses, and the person has to go ahead and do it anyway, right, you might remember, I think it was mentioned in Mako, certainly in the Sanhedrin, right, that when you gave the hatra, it wasn't enough just to say the Torah says not to do it. You had to actually quote the Pasuk. You had to be a Talmud Chacham <laughs> to give Hatra. You had to know the Pasuk. So here, this is the Pasuk you would say. Lo tishava bishmi l'shakar. Okay, continuing on. Achalti v'lo achalti. What if he makes a shvua about the past? He says, I make a shvua that I ate yesterday, right? <clears throat> or he makes a shvua that I didn't eat yesterday. And it turns out that he was lying. Shav, that was called a vein. That's not a, a false shvua. It's a vein shvua. 
What's the difference? The difference is, in the first case, when I made the shvua, it was possible that it could have been true. And then later I violated it, because it was about the future. Here, the moment it left my mouth, it already was false. So that's called a vain shvua. It was in vain, right? And he said it for nothing. Its warning is from here, a pasuk we're familiar with, from Parshat Yitro. It's one of the Ten Commandments. The third, Don't take the name of Hashem your God in vain. Okay? That is the, that shop. And then finally, konamot. When I make konamot is a word that means carbon. So that is a form of making a nether. If I say this loaf of bread is like a carbon to me. It's like a konam. Konam is a word that means carbon also. It's like a sacrifice. Just like I can't eat the sacrifice, I can't eat the bread. It's a form of nether. On that, over, I will, if I do um, violate it, I transgress below Yahoo Devaro, which the Torah says, don't profane your words. That's in Parsha Mato, talking about breaking a nether. Okay, that's Reb Yochanan's statement. The Gemara is going to question it from a Brita. Metive. We introduced the Brisa by saying, Shav Vesheker Echad Hain. Strange. It says that a Shvua in vain and a Shvua that is false are one. So the Gemara wants to, it's very ambiguous, Brita. So it says, my love does not mean that just like a, 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 a oath in vain always is about something in the past because it's about something that as it exits my mouth, it's already false. So the, the classic case of this, right, is kind of a funny case in today's world. But right, the, the, um, the Gemara uses this, I, I, I make a shvua about a man that he's a woman. I don't know if that, uh, it's it, it so obvious that I, I was lying, right? I don't know if that's such an obvious um, anymore, but... <laughs> okay. It's not on university. <laughs> so I'll use a different example. I make sure, I say that this water is really vodka, right? You, you all know it's not vodka, right? Okay, it's something that, um, I wouldn't be able to give this shit if it was vodka, believe me. Okay, so, the, uh, <laughs> so I say something that's obviously a false, and it's about something that already existed. So, af sheker nami ngusha'avar. So too, when I make a false oath, it's also about something in the in the past. So, based on this, Rashi says we're going to redefine what all of the all of the shvuot mean. In other words, when I say achalti v'lo achalti in the past tense, I ate or I didn't eat, and I'm lying, that's not a vain shvuah. That's a false shvuah. What's a false shvuah? I mean, I'm sorry. That, that that's a false. That already is a false shvuah. And when I say ocho or v'lo ocho. If I say in the future that I will eat or I don't eat and I violate that, that's not going to be from uh, false shvua. That's going to be from lo yachol devarot. I can't profane my word. The same prohibition as what we have by nedarim, by, by vows. So that's what Rashi says. <clears throat> but this is a question though on Rabbi Yochanan because Rabbi Yochanan said that when I, when I say ocho and lo ocho in the future, that's a false shvua. And here we see it means, no, the sheker is, is past tense. So the Gemara said, right, so Alma, I just, I said, I read this already, we see, Achalti will go Achalti, Shekerhu. Right, when I say in the past, I ate or I didn't eat, that's not vain, that is false. So to that, the Gemara responds on behalf of Rabbi Yochanan and says, no, Mide area, is that any proof? Just because the brightness says they're one? No, Hakidita, Vahakidita. It could be, right, each one is like it is. In other words, Right, shav is a vain oath is about the past, and a false oath is about the future, just like we said originally. So then the question is, umai dover achad? What does the brayta mean when it says a vain oath and a false oath are one thing? So the Gemara says a fascinating thing here. It says, tevedibor achad nemru. They were said together at one time. And it was when Hashem spoke the words of Har Sinai, He said both the words lo tishava bishmi and lo tisa at once. And you're probably familiar, but we have this concept elsewhere, Kiddetanya, as we learned in the Brayta, we know in the the Aserat Adibro, the Ten Commandments are written twice in the Torah, in Parshat Yitro and Parshat Vedchanan. In Yitro, by the fourth commandment, Shabbat, it says, Zachorat Yom HaShabbat L'Chacho. Remember Shabbos, right, to sanctify it. Right, in Vedchanan, the second time, it says, Shamor at Yom HaShabbat L'Chacho, right, observe Shabbat. And we say that, Rabbi says, Zachor and Shamor are two different aspects of Shabbat. Zahor is the positive aspect, remembering. The Gemara in a few moments can say that refers to the mitzvah to say Kiddush, right? Kiddush on Friday night, that's, that's a mitzvah from the Torah of Zahor at Yom HaShabbat. 
That's how you remember it. And Shamor is the negative aspect that we're not supposed to do certain things, right? Malacha, you're not supposed to do work on Shema. So Chazal say a fascinating thing, Zachor v'shamor b'dibor echa namro. Right? We sing this in Lachadodi every Friday night also, right? That, that Zachor and Shamor were said in this, at the same moment. Masha'in yacho hapeladabir, something that a human mouth could not do, do at once. We can't say two words at once. We haven't figured that out. And the ear, a human ear, can't hear both, but somehow the Jews at Harsinai had the capability of hearing both the words Zachor and Shamor at the same time. So the Gemara wants to suggest it would maybe the same thing here. Don't swear falsely and don't take my name in vain. We're said at the same time. That's what it means they were echad in the Brita. So the Gemara says, no, 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 that can't be. Because bishlomo hatem, over there it makes sense, bedibor echad nemru, that Zachar and Shomer were said in one word, at one time. Why? Could it rub adabar ahava? The Amr Rav Ada Bar Ahava, for Rav Ada, the son of Ahava, had said that there's a halakhic ramification of that. What is the halakhic ramification? Now, in order to understand this, we know that women, right, are exempt from certain mitzvot, specifically mitzvot asay, Shazman Rama, positive time by mitzvah, the Torah, um, right, exempted women from those mitzvot. So it says, though, Nashim, women, chayovak bekidosh hayom, devar Torah, that women are obligated. In saying Kiddush on Shabbat, Devar Torah, meaning from the Torah, right? It's a Deoraita, it's a, it's a Torah um, obligation. But why? After all, Kiddush is a mitzvah, I say it's a positive mitzvah that's time bound. Why are women obligated? The Amakra, because the verse says, Zachor Vishamor. And we know that they were set together. If they were set together, Hashem was trying to say that they're one package. That they go together. And we say, whoever is included in the prohibitions of doing work, the observance of Shabbat, which is a lota, say a negative commandment, is also included in the positive aspect of Shabbat, right, making Kiddush. Vahani, Nashi, and those women, since they are included in the negative part of Shabbat, because women are obligated in almost all the Lotah says in the Torah, even if they're, even if there's a man grandma, even if they're, right, um, time bound, what? Why actually? Why okay, okay, well, one second, one second, one second, right, itnihu nami they're also included in the positive, right, and therefore they're, they are obligated in Shabbat, and, um, they're, I mean in Kiddush on Shabbat, and so therefore saying that Zachor and Shamar were set together is a practical ramification. Over here, right, he says, look, Right, he says, Hacha over here by the Shrua, when my Hilka tummy by, like for what halacha, for what ramification would we need this? So, you're asking, like, why is the difference between positive and negative? No, no, why? It just, I never thought about it. Oh. If, if women are not obligated by mitzvot, why are they actually obligated on negative mitzvot? Right. So, so I mean, the, 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 the real answer, I mean, like, we'll try to, I'll try to give you an explanation, but the real answer is, it's based on Sukim. The Gemara in Kedushin, right, learns out, actually, from Tefillin, as the um, prototype, that all other mitzvot like that, which Tefillin is, is supposed to be a certain time, right, when we do it during the day, and... Um, Right, and it's um, it's a positive mitzvah. So, so that's where we learn it from. So, the simple the, the simple answer is is that's where the Torah said it. The Torah never said it by negatives. But like, but why why is there a difference? So, you know, like it goes to like why is it that 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 Hashem made this made this difference between men and women? And you know, there's different approaches. But I, the, the morale says something that um, you know some will. Um, Take as being a patronizing comment, but that 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 he says that, that women generally are you know more um, spiritually inclined than than men. Naturally, they're more spiritually inclined, right? It doesn't mean that all women are more spiritual than men, because right? But but it, but they but naturally they have um, they're more drawn to the spiritual, <clears throat> and men tend to be more drawn to you know doing things that might Gashmius. be yeah wrong or or, or even or even something that's a sin, you know, and therefore men. Right, needed, like like the constant like channeling of their of their um, of their of their energies into doing good things, into a mitzvot to keep them away from other things. But women didn't need that as much, so that that really applies to they were keeping the men busy by okay at this time you have to do this mitzvah and this time you have to do this mitzvah right. But women didn't need that; they're connected to Hashem without having the constant need to do the mitzvah. But that, that, that I get. Yeah, that but that but that only applies to positive, positive things. Right. I'm saying. Why yeah. are they actually? 
obligated to negative mitzvot? Why are women obligated? To no, because, I mean because and you, those and the are things. Just because it, yeah. there's no non-obligation. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the, the, those are sins. In other words, you know, the, any non any any. Any um, prohibition in the Torah is like something that God deems as like being bad, you know. So women should stay away from the bad just as much as the men should, right? As far as having to, yeah. but the zman garma is the yeah. So, so, I mean, so at the end of the day, on Shabbat you don't do certain things because it's Shabbat. Eating pork, you never have to eat pork, or you never right. allowed to eat pork. But right. don't don't light a fire. Right. You know, generally, you're allowed to light right. a fire. Right, right, right. It's Shabbat only on Shabbat you can't. Yeah. yeah. But women are included in yeah. that because whatever that's considered like whatever or something like if that. If you think thing. just very good, this is yeah. important. If you think it's something you shouldn't do, and you think about it at the time up, you know, specific event, and if you think of the reason that we think women have time obligations, right? That don't do something. It's not doing something. So there's no time consumption. Right. So you don't have to set right. aside what you're doing to not right. do something. That's right. That's how I like That's how I like that. Yeah. I couldn't say it to my wife, but that's what I would... Yeah. Right, you don't have to set I, aside. I could say it in... Right. There's no distraction. Listen, I mean, I there is... Yeah. I don't know if you should go on tape, but, you know, there was a, the classic explanation of the Avudraham. Who, he said that, that, you know, because Hashem wanted that women should be available, right, to... Um, Care for the for the children, right? If everybody's what I right, wrote that. yeah, and yeah, that's the classic explanation. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't fly so much today, but you know, but but the truth of the matter is, there's something to be said about it, right? If both the man and the woman, both the husband and wife, have obligation to take care of right now, well, who's going to take care of the child? You know, like, right? so at the end of the day, Hashem didn't want to burden her with those constant responsibilities. Yeah. Okay, Ella, so rather the Gemara says, what does it mean now in the Brighton that says that Shav and Shekhar, vain and false oath are the same? It means Kishim Shayyoka al Shav, Kakloka Nami al Shekhar. Just like a person would get Malkut, because it lashes for deliberately right, transgressing a vain oath, so too they'll get lashes for deliberately um, violating a false oath. Now, the Gemara asks, wait a second, clopping laya, which literally means in which direction you're going? Because you're assuming that it's obvious that you get malkut for shav, for vain, and not so obvious for shakar. So in order to understand this next piece, we you know the, review the concept of a lav she'imbo ma'isa. You have that in malko, right? That if, if right, generally you get malko for transgressing a lota, say, but if it doesn't have an action involved, then there is no malko. That's the exception. So over here, a shove. Think about a shush. What are you? What are you transgressing by your speech? Debor. It's just speech. Like the muzzled ox. Yeah, yeah. That's where you learn it from. <coughs> Very good. Excellent. But by sheker, what am I? Why am I transgressing? I, what I said was fine. I said I'm, I'm going to eat today. And it turns out I didn't eat, or I said I'm not going to eat. And I wound up eating. It was the action I did. So it's more obvious I should get Malkut for transgressing a false oath than a vain oath. And therefore, for that, for that reason, the Gemara says, Ella Ema, rather say, Kishem Shaloka Al Shakar, just like you get Malkut for violating a false oath, Kakloka Nami Al Shav. So too, you should get Malkut for violating a vain oath. And the Gemara says, Peshitta, that's obvious, high lava, high lava. Aren't they both the same, right, as they're both Lothar says? Now, we just say there's a difference. So Rashi explains, no. Isn't it obvious because, you know, by Shav, the, the Torah says, Lo yinaka um, Hashem, that Hashem will not cleanse you from this sin. So later on, tomorrow's page, we're going to learn that Hashem will not cleanse you, but the bait didn't will, by giving you Malkut. So we know already that. So the Gemara says, no, what would you have said? What Repuppa is going to ask Abai tomorrow, which is, maybe when the Pasuk says you won't be absolved, you won't be cleansed from it, it means you won't be cleansed at all, you won't even get Malko for a Shavuashav. And to that, we move to Chafalaf, Kamash Mlan, the bright that teaches you Kiddushani like. Like Abai will answer Repuppa. If that was the case, it would have just said, Lo but it says, Lo Yinaka Hashem. It's Hashem will not cleanse you from this sin, but the Beit will, you will in fact get Malkut.